the show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all, come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jared Johnson, ready to share some more provocative thinking for healthcare innovators and digital teams. Here on the Healthcare Wrap, we believe that the healthcare experience has to change, and we're trying to do something about it. We can either stand back and let it take another 50 years, or we can jump in right now, and I think you know how we roll. We're not going to coast in neutral. We're hitting the gas. Come be a part of it. Each week, we talk about the topics that you need to know about and act on to be part of the digital transformation movement. We share tips on shifting the way that healthcare is experienced digitally and the backstage strategies for marketing, operations, and digital teams to drop the silos and stay ahead of the curve. We recently passed 160 episodes in three years on the air, and we're now in season five, which is our quest to answer whether it's even possible to provide the healthcare experience that consumers desire. So here's what's going to go down today. We have the flavor of the week about where to look for revenue recovery. What non-traditional revenue sources should providers be looking to and why can't they see those sources more easily? I'll talk about that and I'll announce season two of the video panel series Now What? Available by subscribing to the Shift.Health YouTube channel. So be sure to check that out. Then Chris Pace is in the house once again to share some provocative thinking about digital marketing leadership and winning at Airbnb. This episode is jam-packed and we have a lot to share along the way. It's time to dive right in. You ready? Let's go. Flavor of the week. Sometimes you need someone else to help you take the blinders off and see the solution that's right in front of your face. Revenue recovery is by far the biggest topic for providers right now, and it will continue to be until they face reality. What reality, you ask? That the digital pivot is permanent. We can't ignore what consumers actually want anymore. We can't pretend that consumers think, act, and buy in the same way as they did 12 to 18 months ago. We can't create tomorrow's healthcare experience by reverting to yesterday. We can't solve these problems with the same thinking that got us into this mess in the first place. And why would we want to? Are we too blinded or short-sighted to see that the narrative needs to change and that we need to start asking different questions? It is possible for providers to recover revenue, but for too long we've played one big game of head in the sand ignore and hope it'll go away. And then we see that health plans made record profits in 2020 and digital health startups set investment records. So why are health systems and providers left in dire straits? Part of me says this is the beginning of the reshaping of the market that was inevitable based on which players have been innovative and which ones haven't. However we got here, we need to stop looking for revenue in all the wrong places. Now to the fun part, where are the right places to look? How about we ask a group of visionaries who have a line of sight to help you see those non-traditional sources? That's why it is with pleasure that I announce Season 2 of the video panel discussion series Now What? presented by Shift.Health, 
Season one was the first content series anywhere to talk about healthcare marketing strategy in the post-quarantine world. And now season two builds on those answers to discuss how the present and future of healthcare marketing are changing right before our eyes and what to do about it. It features some of the most provocative thinkers in the industry, John Marzano, Paul Sablowski, Jackie Martin, and James Gardner. This all-star panel discusses the realities of recovering revenue in the new consumer landscape. They provide a reality check, but also a roadmap for success that will direct you to five destinations, brand engagement, data-driven marketing, internal alignment, retail health, and digital engagement. As you watch this series, there are some additional lessons I hope you'll learn along the way. First, we can fix healthcare a lot faster and more effectively when we come together. Second, consultants truly have a line of sight that those in the trenches don't have. View that as an asset. And third, this is doable. It's possible to make the pivots we need to recover revenue. To watch both seasons of Now What? Subscribe to the Shift.Health YouTube channel. It's all free and available on demand. Whether you're in discovery mode or desperation mode, I can't wait for you to put the tips from this series into practice because that's how we're going to build the healthcare of tomorrow. And that's the flavor of the Week. Hey there, listeners. It is a beautiful day here in the Arizona sun. It is a little warm, but we're looking forward to some slightly cooler temps this weekend, at least up in the high country where I hope to spend a little bit of time here. And so I say that because I'm talking to a fellow Arizonan here. I got Chris Pace back in the house with us. Chris, how are you doing this week? Oh, it's been a week, but uh, yeah, doing good. I know we were just chatting about you going to the high country. I was just up there. It never ceases to amaze how awesome and how close cool temperatures are from the broiler that we live in down here in Phoenix. So it's a great place to be. It really is. It really is. We're coming up on that fun season of the year known as like the five month summer. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll make it work. We yeah, always we just, do. If we finished cold summer, now it's time for hot summer. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Who needs four seasons anyway? That's right. For listeners who don't know you uh, for some reason, thankfully, we've been blessed to have you on the podcast a couple of times previously. Uh, Chris is the Senior Director of Digital Marketing with Banner Health, is very well known for some amazing things he's been able to accomplish uh, here and uh, in previous health systems where he's worked. Chris, I always find it interesting. One of the ways that you, you tend to introduce yourself is uh, not being a career marketer, you know, kind of uh, ending up in marketing for some of the other interests and, and successes you've been able to have. Uh, do you still kind of describe yourself that way? Yeah, I don't know how much longer I can use that. But yeah, I feel like it's a happy mistake. But also one of the best things that's ever happened to me. I started out in strategy and planning and doing um, facility plans and just a bunch of data work in the first half of the career. And then went to provider side. I was in consulting prior and then you know started Dignity Health, did some of that planning work. And then one day, seven years ago now, I was approached by the great Frank Austin. And he convinced me that I was a marketing person. And uh, so as lore goes, I turned him down once, didn't want to turn him down the second time. And then here I am seven years later, leading digital marketing for one of the biggest and best in the industry and couldn't be happier that I didn't make a mistake twice. I only made that mistake once of uh, turning it down. But yeah, marketing's weird because it's just one of those things that if you don't know, if you don't 
sit inside of it. It feels like it's a lot of pictures and arts and crafts. And really what it is, is understanding data and knowing how to tilt consumers in a direction that favors your business. And uh, when it's framed that way, anybody that has a acumen for business and an understanding and appreciation of data is kind of in. And then, you know, you have creative folks always that uh, have their craft and, you know, you just respect their boundaries and let the creatives create. And, um, you know, you do the work on figuring out how to meet people where they are and try to convince them before competitors that you're, offerings better than the others. You know, you just made a lot of creative services teams really happy by saying respecting, you know, respecting their work and their boundaries. Uh, I, we'll give a quick shout out there yes. uh, to all the creatives who are listening because I, I know that will go uh, very appreciated. Truly. Yeah. They're, um, I find it almost like sorcery when people can make a visual representation of something that, you know, I'm just spouting verbal diarrhea, like, you know, Hey, i I'm seeing these things happening in consumerism and we've got this whole brand architecture. And then all of a sudden I see a picture that's like a manifestation of all this stuff we've been talking about. And it, it, it's like, how did you know how to do that? And what inspired you and what like science goes into that? And that's why I'm not a right brain person, I guess. Well, I can say uh, safely that we need more people who think the way you do, regardless of which hemisphere that brain it's, it's firing from. So really glad to hear that. We usually, you know, if it's somebody who I haven't had on multiple times, we usually start with, you know, a bit of an icebreaker of what's the latest awesome thing you've come across or, you know, that's been part of your life. And I have a feeling that at least one of the ways you would answer that is being an Airbnb host. Yes, a super host, a super host. Well, now what got you to being a super host? Well, I think that, you know, first it's what got me into Airbnb in the first place. And um, I've been a big fan of the platform forever. And, you know, my wife and I have traveled and stayed in a number of places. And I think Airbnb just gives a unique experience that hotels can't. And what we learned during COVID was, man, we're going up to Flagstaff quite a bit. Uh, Flagstaff, Arizona is, um, for those that don't know, it's off I-40 in the northern half of the state. It's it's like 7,000 feet above sea level. So very mountainous, sits in one of the biggest Ponderosa pine forests in the world. It's just this cool, like, college town, ski town, outdoorsy town. And so, you know, it's road trippable from Phoenix. And so... We spent a couple of weekends up there during COVID because we could just kind of like relocate our bubble and still work from anywhere. And we're like, why are we spending money on other people's Airbnbs when we could just do this ourselves? So we started house shopping up there. And after, if anyone's tried to buy a house in the last like 12 months, it's insanely frustrating because it's quite competitive. And um, we were fortunate to get a place just outside of Flagstaff in a little place called Kachina Village. And we um, spent like a month or so getting it ready for Airbnb. And the reason we did that was because we wanted to be able to afford it. So we figured if we can have other people pay for the operating cost of having a house up there, then you know we could still use it. And we didn't really look at it as like a make money scheme. But you know, there's a lot of people like Heather and I that are coming from all over the country that want to just like relocate their bubbles and work from anywhere. And so we, um, you know, four or five months in now, and we've uh, 
we've maintained a five perfect five-star rating. And the cool thing about Airbnb is everything I know about work with digital marketing applies to the platform. So it's all about SEO. It's all about, you know, the added features. So having a super host badge means you get more clickability or become part of a, another filter. Well, there's a lot of people that shop just for that feature alone. So getting super host status has really paid dividends. We've seen an uptick in our average nightly rate. And it's just like, it's so fun to do. It's also very frustrating. And, um, you know, if you have an emotional attachment to your property, I do not recommend doing it because you're going to get upset with everybody that stays at your place. And why are they moving things around? And, you know, the things that kind of walk out the door, it's just odd, but overall great experience. Highly recommend. I love the fact that, that you're able to apply some digital marketing there. And I, I can see Superhost is just the beginning of your experience there. Yes, so it's going to be an empire one day. You'll have me on talking about that instead of uh, hospital stuff. One day, man, we'll, we'll put a, uh, put that on the counter. Airbnb wrap. I see a new uh, channel. Indeed. Okay. I like it. All right. I'm on board. Nice. Let's dive in a little bit. Your world has been, uh, I wouldn't say it's exactly slowed down since the last time we had you on. What I can say safely is that you are intensely focused as always on what's next. Not only how to succeed right now, but what's coming next. And I think when we look at how health systems are navigating things right now, you know, thankfully, for the most part, we're seeing things with the pandemic continue to trend in the right direction. I know they're always, you know, it depends on the day, but in general, it is a bit of a sigh of relief to know that we're on hopefully the the downhill slope and that it will continue. That said, what I feel like the pandemic has done to our teams is something that we might not talk about enough because I feel like there's an element of workplace culture, specifically to any team that touches any digital channels or digital marketing that, that I'd refer to as digital culture. There are just some unique pieces about being on a team that is involved in something that is so public facing and that is so data driven and has so many creative elements that you can't help but have to to think about it a lot and to intentionally build teams in the right way where all those different pieces are going to work together. And I feel like some of the things that from what I understand that you and your team and other teams there within Banner and then others that you network with have experienced some similar things when it comes to their digital culture. What's been the biggest difference culture-wise with your team over the last 12 months or so? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, it's been a real interesting observation in sort of, you know, organizational development. There's probably gonna be a ton of case studies for future MBA students and uh, HR leaders to kind of dive into, you know, what the heck happened in 2020 and this shift that happened because I mean this is a once in a lifetime event not for so many reasons but specific to the workplace I what I've observed and what we've sort of felt culturally is that when we first separated from each other and went home back in March of last year there was so many unknowns we didn't know when we were returning it wasn't really an if it was just we didn't know when and what that's transitioned to is more of like it's more likely than not that we aren't returning, certainly not to the same degree that we used to be. So adapting to this environment of back-to-back Zoom meetings or Teams meetings or whatever platform you use is sort of the new norm. And then being able to engage with your teams and sort of align on, on 
on vision and on expectations becomes a scheduled event. You don't necessarily have those organic pop-ins. I mean, you know, the proverbial water cooler discussions or break room discussions or what have you, those are a thing of the past. So it now every communication opportunity has to be a bit more intentional uh, just because of the way our calendars are scheduled now. And so as a leader, I've had to adapt my style. And I think during COVID, I really doubled down on let's be together more often than we may have been in the past from a schedule standpoint. And where we're headed, I think that's not scalable. It's not scalable to have a one-on-one with every member of your team every week. It's not scalable to have team meetings every day of the week. So what's the right balance? And you know, we're, we're really trying to figure that out right now because COVID is sort of, I use this analogy of a, a foot, you know, there's the two, a foot and two canoes uh, you know, thing where you're trying to balance with uh, two different objects in water. And I've kind of deemed COVID as, you know, it's a foot in a canoe and a foot in a speedboat. So not only are you trying to balance, but you're trying to keep your, you know, feet from like flying out from under you. And COVID was the speedboat because things were just changing constantly and their unknowns were constant. And the canoe was the normal operations of a marketing team and, and normal operations of messaging to sell the things that you used to sell. Well, things are now starting to shift the other way where COVID's sort of become the canoe. You know, we're not doing testing as much, at least from the health system perspective, that's kind of reached outward to uh, other touch points. And then vaccinations are less dependent on the health systems. And now it's getting out in front of everybody. So it's been a little bit more stable from the health system standpoint on the COVID front. And I'm speaking specifically about Arizona. Obviously, there's other states that are dealing with a third wave and knock on wood, we don't have that again in in Arizona. But the speedboat analogy now is we need to start getting the business going again. And we need to start getting people to return to their care. And we need to start getting people engaged with the services that we offer because we need to start generating revenue again. And you know, that's the only way we can be sustainable and be there for consumers and then also be an employer for all the people that we have on our team. So what we've had to do is, you know, I'm starting to transition folks into more of the new norm, which is less frequent engagement, but then it also frees up like my schedule, which has been insane into a little bit more freedom where I can almost have like office hours so that we can have like ad hoc chats. And then, you know, I'm doing one-on-ones with my directs and then skip levels that we can at least have some of the one-on-one FaceTime that's purposeful. And then, you know, since we probably aren't all working together in a workplace anymore, you know, how do we still have these like casual like meetups where we can be a little bit more open and less structured in our conversation? So we're trying to figure that out. I used to do like um little breakout groups at uh, offsite to, you know, do like planning and and so forth. And we've got to figure out a way to get that back because 
you know, we're humans, we're tribal, we're, you know, we, we need human interaction and face-to-face. And so digital culture in the workplace has really opened up some new opportunities to rethink how we engage with each other and how we prioritize time so that we can still be effective. Hey, this is Scott Burgess from Healthcare 360, the fair and balanced healthcare podcast, exploring everything you wish you knew about healthcare, but don't. Join us weekly in an open, transparent conversation with some of the biggest names in the healthcare business surrounding this one question and one question only. Had you known there were other options to exhaust and explore before you travel down the traditional healthcare route, how would you weigh those options against what you think healthcare and medicine really is? For more information about Healthcare 360 and how together we can help transform lives, visit scotteburgess.com Subscribe to our YouTube channel or follow us anywhere you enjoy listening. See you there. There are so many things that did not stop moving when COVID hit. And then, like you said, whether one slowed down while the other sped up, there the fact was there were still so many things that that had to happen all at once. A lot of times, not saying this was the case with your team, but it's really easy for teams to say, okay, well, the thing that's gotta, it's gotta give that ball that we can't juggle and keep in the air right now is intentionally building our, our team culture and really developing leadership within our teams. What have you learned the most as a leader of a team over this time period? And what do you hope you will bring with you from this point forward? So I think what, you know, because I was, I well... Since I was in consulting, you know, one of the things that you are trained to do is to solve problems. Everything is sort of an equation that has fixed variables or known variables. And then you have the unknowns and you have an answer that you're seeking. And you just have to like kind of plug away to get to the entire equation being filled out and getting an outcome and moving on. And, you know, when you're in a leadership position, I think it's harder for people that are problem solvers to shift into a leadership position than it is for folks that aren't accustomed to solving problems. And there's a need for both. You need people that can identify problems and you need people that can fix things or solve problems. And what I've learned and what I've been reading over the last couple months is from a leadership perspective, the best leaders are the ones that are able to see the problems down the road and identify them and then empower your teams to solve them. And, you know, the time is one of the scarcest resources we all have. And if I'm investing too much time trying to help solve problems, then I can't sort of see the forest for the trees. I'm focused too much on the trees. So my role is really to look at the forest, identify where there might be some trees missing, and then get people there to plant the trees so that we can keep the forest whole. And so that's where I'm really trying to focus my time and my energy on, hey, you know, COVID was really like almost hour to hour. There wasn't time division. There wasn't time to look too far down the road because there were so many unknowns. And getting your brain trained back the other direction and out of that problem-solving mode for a problem solver is super difficult. And so, you know, that's where I'm taking like the pause to say, okay, it's time for me to just focus on what's ahead, focus on the big picture things and identify those future problems so that so then we can have meaningful things for the team to do and also to lead 
on their own because they're going to see things different than I see. But in order for me to like stitch all this together, I've got to like view it from a different altitude. So digital culture, it sounds like, I mean, this is an evolution for, for all levels, for all leadership levels, for everyone who's not in, in a leadership position yet, but there are lessons for all of us that regardless of whatever level and role you play within the organization. For me, I've kind of likened this to, it feels like this is, we're kind of coming to the end of a decade, maybe a little bit more than a decade, but a long period of time where the focus has been learning new platforms and and new channels. And it feels like that's what digital teams, especially digital marketing has had to do. We've had to understand the rules of engagement, how to win, how to, you know, find out where the underpriced attention is, you know, how to get a good deal, how to, how to broker things, and then how to design the creative. And as a result, we've ended up with a lot of silos of expertise in various pockets. You know, somebody went really deep and became a specialist on one of those platforms, you know, Google ads or, you know, or whatever it is. And now one of the challenges I see in digital culture moving forward is going to be how do we manage results, not just individual platforms? And that is going to be a very team-based exercise that is going to have to be prioritized in some way. And I don't know that I've come up with the right you know, wording or term for it yet, but being able to manage results altogether and understand how to put all those pieces from these individual platforms and specialties together, it just feels like that's going to continue to be a high priority and there's just going to be additional variables being added to to the problem solving mix of things that you get to spend time on every day. So, does that sound like uh, what you experienced over the last during your time in marketing, like the last ten years? And then, how do we keep that a priority moving forward? I guess. Well, I think yeah, you hit the nail on the head. And I think um, you know the other thing that I've observed that is I don't know if it's unique to healthcare. I mean, I've only worked in healthcare, but. Healthcare does tend to be very platform centric and vertically positioned. So in communications, we get to experience it from, you know, there's a web team and then there's like a social team and there's a PR and or media team and there's the contact center and, and then there's paid. And there needs to be a thread that connects everything. That's to me that one of the big challenges that we've kind of developed, I think, through sort of the the Zoom culture, the Zoom from home situation is that we don't have the opportunity to sit in or hear from other folks in other channels or other platforms that enable us to, you know, sort of speak up, raise your hand. You can't just like crash a meeting anymore because like it, it just doesn't work that way. So, you know, I think one of the things that Banner did that was very smart was really open up a new discussion that we call cross-channel communications. And basically what it is, is there's representation from all the different communication platforms that we have in front of us on paid, earned, and owned, internal and external, and, and then tie all of that together so that there's a synchronous messaging strategy. There's a synchronous understanding of what goals are and we can all move more effectively and efficiently with consistency so that we're not exhausting efforts on things that, you know, may be disconnected. But under all of that is still the, the need for understanding results, 
listening to feedback from consumers. And, and so in order for this to be successful, because you can't just invite like, you know, all the, the elements of Marcom into one room without really understanding, you know, what's happening outside of us and then also what our f- customers are telling us. So like one of the great, I think, strategic advantages that Banner has is an entire research function that pulls our customers and consumers in the markets we serve weekly. And, you know, from everything, vaccine hesitancy, return to care, like, you know, you name it, we have a pulse on what's going on. And that can help inform some of our communication strategy as well, is, you know, if we see a downtick in vaccine or an uptick, I should say, in vaccine hesitancy, maybe that's time to double down on vaccine messaging. But, you know, we don't know unless we have the data to inform it. So this has kind of created a lot of new avenues of growth from a communication standpoint where we can not only measure sentiment today, but then track it over time and see if what we've done has made an impact. And so that's really sort of a benefit of, I mean, I hate to say that there is a benefit to COVID because it would be better if it never happened in the first place. But I think, you know, every challenge, every setback, you know, there are opportunities that open up. And, you know, I think this is one where we've just done a really good job of staying connected by, you know, or sort of using that horizontal thread analogy to link all of these things together and then not only link it, but understand its impact. Fantastic. Chris, it's always a pleasure to have you on. We're going to have to do it again sometime. And we'll, we'll have to figure out whether that is up in Flagstaff or if that's down here, you know, one, one way or the other. Hey, uh, I'm game for that. We need to do a remote recording when we can. Well, we can be in person now, I think, because we we're both vaccinated. Yep. I don't even think we have to wear masks around each other anymore based on CDC recommendations. We'll do it outside, though, just to make sure that we're extra safe and six feet apart. Yes, one of those days when it's scheduled to be 116 here in the Valley. Yes. We will, we will find our way out of town. Up to the cool pines. Game Always on. a pleasure. Chris, how do people get a hold of you if they want to connect with you? LinkedIn, Chris Pace AZ is the handle. If you want to find stuff on the cabin, go to my Instagram, The Chrysalaneous Show, and uh, you'll find me there. And then, um, you know, we'll put a link in the description. So if you're interested in seeing what a super host Airbnb cabin looks like by a digital marketing healthcare nerd. I will uh, share that with you. I love it. And that might just have won the best Instagram handle of uh, the year that I've heard. So fantastic. Chris, thanks so much for giving us a few minutes. Thank you, Jared. Ed Marks here with Digital Voices, the only podcast for chief digital officers across all of healthcare and life sciences. Digital Voices is about the voice of the patient, the provider, the payer, pharma, big tech, retail, public health, really any part of the healthcare and life sciences ecosystem, that's the digital voice we wanna capture as we learn and break barriers across the entire spectrum. Join us weekly as we drop our pod. Hey, thanks to Chris, and thank you so much for listening. We hope you found some value in this conversation. And if you did, please, this is so important, go subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about this podcast. Healthcare Wrap is a member of the Shift.Health Content Network. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, you're going to love the other shows in the Shift.Health content network. And don't forget to subscribe to the Shift.Health YouTube channel featuring season two of Now What? Go check it all out at Shift.Health. It's all free and available on demand. Until next time, keep marketing forward. Thanks. And that's a wrap.